Matthew chapter 24, verse 4. And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Recent world events should be looked at carefully by believers in anticipation for our world to change in a day should be part of our thinking, allowing us to prepare spiritually, mentally, and physically. This world is changing. October 7, 2023, Israel was invaded by Hamas. Israel declared that it was at war with Hamas as a result. At the same time, there was a massive earthquake in Afghanistan where 2,000 people are believed to be dead. The war in Israel has the potential to spill over into the rest of the world, including the U.S., where Hamas, Hezbollah, as well as other Middle Eastern terrorist organizations have already established their presence here as well as Mexico. China has recently conducted many harassing military operations over Taiwan, where many of the leaders of China fled after the Communist Revolution and established a very successful democracy, where superconductors as well as many other technological things are produced, making Taiwan a major player in the world. China wants to rule Taiwan and is pressing hard toward that goal. And while the world was focused on the Middle East in recent years, China has built up small islands in the Pacific and claimed those as their territory, which they can use for military purposes. Russia wants Ukraine and is continuing to fight a very tragic war against them as the world seems to just simply look on and do nothing. Iran is in the center of the Middle East violence and demands Israel be eradicated from the land and is believed to have financed and equipped this latest attack upon that country. In the U.S., events in the recent decade have polarized this country, creating such a division that our federal government struggles to simply run the country, let alone advance us to maintain a place of global leadership. Defund the police, rioting, murders rampant throughout the country, sexual perversion now becoming so vile that even the perverts are amazed. All the while, we hear nothing of domestic terrorists who have vowed to bring down our government and in some cases arm themselves with a large stockpile of weapons. The world is not stable, and our future is not certain to bring about a cush life where we collect Social Security while sipping Mai Tais in Yuma in our large RVs. And there's every reason to be frightened and preoccupied with this pending gloom for those who don't see this for what it is. God's plan. Yes, this current drama in our world is in the will of God, and yes, even the killing of innocent people. Zechariah 14, verse 1, Behold, a day is coming for the Lord, when the spoil taken from you will be divided in your midst. For I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses plundered, and the women raped. Half of the city shall go into exile, but the rest of the people shall not be cut off from that city." Then the Lord will go out and fight against those nations as when he fights on a day of battle. So there's a big day coming when God will fight against the enemies of Israel and win. And there's two tragic sentiments toward God's word. The first is unbelief. The skeptic, scoffer, or unbelievers who have no interest in the word of God because as Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God for they are folly to him and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. It's not necessarily that they despise the word, although there are many who do. Rather, it's the natural mind at work which cannot comprehend the spiritual reality coexisting with our material world. Secondly, there's ignorance. Most people in churches do not know or study their Bibles. 
And this has led to an illiterate church population that really can't make sense of these days because they simply don't know what the scriptures teach. Rather, they've been taught a variety of things on Sunday that really add very little to their understanding of the times that we live in. Rather, they fall victim to comfort and gravitate toward the church that they like best. 2 Timothy 4.3, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound doctrine, but have itching ears that they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. And among Christians, there's no end to debating, finger-pointing, backbiting, dissensions, etc., because we can't stand on the truth of God's Word. Rather, we tend to make it say what we want it to say. And this has been going on since the beginning, and in the times of the end of the age, we can expect certain things to become evident. 2 Timothy 3.1 This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce-breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. This passage, among others, informs those who are interested that the end of the age will be difficult and will be recognizable by ungodliness, not just in the world, where many of these behaviors commonly exist, but also in the church, among those who profess a faith in Jesus. So in our current day, we can see consistency with this description of the end times. So what do we do? We go back to the Word and remember what Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 6. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. Now, for those believers who understand these things and think that God will rapture us out of this world before we are affected by anything bad, they're missing something. Number one, there is no promise in Scripture that I can find that guarantees the rapture will happen before anything bad happens. So we may have to suffer. And think about the thousands of Christians in Lebanon who are at odds with Hezbollah. They're in the thick of it, and they're suffering. What about the Christians among the Palestinians? Yes, there are Christians among them. People in Palestine are coming to faith in Jesus. What about them? God's a lot bigger than we think, and He's reaching people all over the world still. So putting our hope in the rapture is foolish because it may not happen in our lifetime. But putting our hope in Jesus and preparing to do His will, even if it means sacrificing our lives, will prepare us for what may or may not happen in the future. So are you willing to suffer? Are you willing to take a bullet for someone when some nutcase starts shooting in public? Maybe your church. Are you ready to stand for Jesus to the death? If you are, when that suffering comes, you will be much better equipped to shine that light of love and hope than hiding in a corner awaiting the rapture. Be ready. Luke chapter 12, verse 40. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. And Paul instructs Timothy to be ready in 2 Timothy 4, 2. It says, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Notice all this is moving forward in faith, advancing rather than retreating. And I believe this charge made to Timothy is pertinent to every believer. But it requires a few things. First, we must learn what the Scriptures say. Then, we must believe them. Then, obey them. Learn, believe, and obey. Add to this, keying in on one of the most important fundamentals in Scripture, learning how to love with God's love that is poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So for those who are paying attention to the world events and what the terrorists are saying, things are looking scary. But 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love 
and self-control. Power is the word dunamis. We get our word dynamite from this. It's also translated miracles in many verses. So we as believers have the spirit of miraculous power in us. And love is the word agape. It's the sacrificial, unconditional love of God. So we as believers have a spirit of God's love in us. Self-control. This word is only used here, and it has the idea of discipline. So we as believers have a spirit of discipline. Discipline is where the word disciple comes from. And these should be seen in our lives. And this spirit that God has given us enables us to walk through this life trusting in Jesus and his words. And when he says, do not be alarmed, then we must obey him. And when obeying him gets tough to do, we fall back on our faith and who we are as children of God and remember all the promises given to us by the God we serve. Revelation 1.8, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. He is in control. Keep this in mind when you're watching the news or having conversations about this crazy world, and you will find that spirit of power, love, and self-control operating and giving you peace. Thank you.